Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, a weekly podcast designed to educate the listener on Kentucky horse racing and handicapping. And now, here are your hosts, C.C. Broadus. Which American president is on the $5 bill? Alan Schneider. Jackson. And Brandon Jaggers. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Auxiliary Gate, your weekly Kentucky horse racing podcast. I'm your host, C.C. Broadus, joined by my good friends, Mr. Alan Schneider. Are you there, sir? I am right here in the heart of Fern Creek. I am here and waiting to roll. And we're joined by our new addition. Uh, he did such a great job last week. We decided to make him a permanent addition, a fixture on the uh, the podcast. Mr. Brandon Jaggers, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm back for the Daily Double. Very good. Very good, guys. Hey, let's let's start off here. We're going to recap uh, the past weekend. Had two big stakes races on Saturday. First one was the uh, the winning color stakes, and we had a slight surprise. It was won by a really good filly, but it was a surprise on the tote board. Uh, Bell's the one came from far back to uh, to knock out Mia Mischief and break even late in the stretch, and she went off to win fairly easily. She earned a 98 buyer for that performance and a four on the Ragazin. And I'm guessing that she's going to go to the Madison Stakes next at Keeneland. That's seven furlong grade one here in about a month. Uh, guys, uh, Alan, what, what were your thoughts on Bell's the one? You know, I'm not shocked she won. We, I think we've been high on that horse for a while. What I'm shocked is how easily she defeated two really good female horses in break even and Mia Mischief, who's a little flat to the boards. Uh, Again, I thought maybe a pace meltdown could get her there, uh, but she did it so convincingly. That was no fluke. I think uh, Break Even ran her race, and Bell's the one still got her. So definitely, and that horse loves Keeneland too. So we'll see what she does here in a month. Brandon, what do you think about uh, the performance of Mia Mischief? Uh, she, the, I, I got to think that was a disappointment after the big effort at Oakland. Oh, yeah. I thought she was totally flat. No, no change of pace and pretty just one dimensional that day. And man, Corey ran a great race, knew what he had under him and he just closed and flew on by. I, I was very impressed and I did not have that. Now, speaking of the Madison stakes coming up here in about a month, it's going to be one of those great, it'd be, it'd be on one of those great cards at Keeneland, probably on the bluegrass stakes. They haven't checked, but uh, another Philly won today. This is Thursday. We're, we're recording this. A Philly named Guarana made her first four-year-old start, and she was ultra impressive. I, did, did either you get did either you get to catch that race? I did. I, did. I was on I was on the way home from work, and I knew she was running, and, and I thought that might be a bit of a tough comeback for her, but she did it. I mean, push button impressively. It's a decent field. She went by like they were standing still, and she galloped home and could have won by more. I was. Even better effort than I anticipated, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was waiting for that horse to make its comeback. And, you know, I think I saw her at Belmont last time out. And, I mean, to me, that was a blind single. No way I would go anywhere else. And luckily, I was right. Now, later on in the card, the uh, the secret, excuse me, the mint julep stakes was won by secret message uh, as a blanket finish. The disappointment there was probably Juliet Foxtrot, who, who, who set close to or actually was on a, a really easy pace and she she showed nothing late in the lane she faded really badly and passed up by secret message and then uh la, uh, la signore was uh was rolling late uh guys have anything to, to offer on the men julep stakes well uh, uh juliet fox tries like where far art thou juliet down the stretch i mean she had a she had a perfect trip. I mean, she was the class of the race. I thought I really thought she'd run well, and I was wrong. I was wrong. She uh, she was truly flat to the boards. It led for a blanket finish, a bit of a scrum, but secret message. Uh, again, secret message broke her maiden at Turfway. It was a private purchase uh, that uh, Grand Motion got a hold of. It really turned the horse out really nicely. So I'm glad to see that they won for the uh, semi-local connects. But again, Juliet Foxtrot, I'm very, very impressed. I'm sure Brad Cox is wondering what happened too. I thought, I thought, uh, you know, I knew Brendan Walsh was live. I liked my picks from last yes, week. Yes, you did. You know? Yes. 
second and third was Brendan on that race. But if you really watch that video again and something for our listeners to really put in their stall uh, for the next time out is Altia that was ridden by Joel Rosario that day. It was the eight horse. Uh, you know, if you watch that, I mean, she was tracked dead last at the turn to come home and man really had a lot of bumps and checks and redirections. I think that horse would be live next time out. Yeah, that's a good pickup. I, uh, I, that that Philly did have a have, have some major trouble lines in that that race. Uh, going back to Secret Message, she earned a 92 buyer and a rag of nine in that race. That's that's mediocre. I mean, the, these fillies are going to beat up on each other going forward. So I, you know, it, it, seven or eight horses there at the wire within two or three lengths of each other. I mean, there. You're going to get a lot of uh, got a lot of shakeup of these these grade three grade, grade two stakes going forward. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a classic example of when when the favorite doesn't fire and you've got a very competitive field. After that, you do have that uh, scrum to the wire. So I'm I'm not surprised that the buyer came back low. So now I have to brag on you guys in our analysis last week. Both of you, you we you you guys mentioned the exact in your analysis. I think Brandon was on La Signore. And Alan, you were on secret message. Is it, am I am I correct? That's 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 the way it shook out, right? Yeah, well, it, it did. But I mean, I I can't take too much credit because I, I I thought secret message might run well behind Julian Foxtrot, so I'm not right. going to claim too much fame on that. But she did run well. But I I was truly surprised the way Julian Foxtrot ran. Unbelievable card and last seven race. I mean, the last five races of that Saturday card were very difficult, and I think we even carried over a pick five. So. Mm-hmm. But we were all over it, just a, a fraction off here and there. Yeah. All right. Well, moving forward to this weekend, the, this weekend is going to feature a lot of good races coast to coast. Belmont's got a spectacular card. Santa Anita has a lot of stakes racing. The Some of the, the fields came up a little bit light, but, you know, we just want to focus real quick on the Santa Anita Derby, which is uh, the – it's it's about two months past due, but <laughs> – it's it it's upon us now. It's four hundred thousand dollar grade one race going a mile and eighth. This is one of the premier prep races for the Kentucky Derby. Now it's usually four weeks before the Derby, but this year it's it's roughly roughly two months prior to. So I don't know what kind of impact the race is going to have, but the race did come up tough. I mean, you're going to have two prime prime Kentucky or excuse me prime Kentucky Derby contenders here with the uh, number seven authentic. Uh, son of Into Mischief, who's unbeaten in three starts for Bob Baffert. He'll be ridden by Drayden Van Dyke. And the John White's morning line has him at four to five. And just to his inside is the six-horse Honor AP for John Sheriff. This is the son of Honor Code. They gave $850,000 for him at uh, Phasic Tipton August as a yearling. Uh, he's uh, one out of three, but he's never been worse than second in three starts. And he chased home authentic last time in the San Felipe Stakes. Uh, guys, you, either one of you have an opinion on the Sanity Derby. What about you, Brandon? You know, it's definitely authentic race, I believe. But, you know, playing the contrarian view, a horse I've always been on ever since I saw, you know, him uh, back in Santa Anita, I think it was November 1st of last year, is a new Dior. I, I don't know what's going on with this horse necessarily. It, it seems to be off, but. You know, if you read its last run lines, it's it's run against some great horses you know, like Charlatan, Bassin, Governor Morris. You know, it, it last away, it broke last. You know, the last time out, you, you just can't do that on these these types of horses, these types of colts. I, I'm going to stick with it, I, but you know, Authentic is just putting in major works. Bob's got this horse dialed up, and it's it's really hard to to just knock any of that. You all mentioned Honor AP. I'm not a big fan, but I could be wrong. And Mike, you got big money Mike on her. So Alan, what do you think? I, I'll be honest with you. I'll watch the race out of, uh, cause I have to, as a horse racing fan, the race itself doesn't interest me a whole lot from a wagering perspective. I don't play a lot of California racing, but truly it's probably, it's authentic race to lose. As she won the San Felipe under a hand ride. Honor AP came to her and he, uh, Drain Van Dyke just hand rolled her away from him uh, down the stretch. I didn't like it took a lot out of the horse. I think Baffert's high on the Colt. Uh, shooter shoot interests me a little bit because I was high on the the, the race at Oakland. 
had some time off after that uh, nose-to-nose tilt with Blackberry Wine. Uh, to be honest with you, it's it seems like it's authentic race to lose. Am I right, CC? You tell me, pal. Well, I was told not too long ago that Authentic was actually the best three-year-old in uh, Bob Baffert's barn. So that, that's that's hearsay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's hearsay, but that's what I've heard. Now, the key is I think the horse has the rate. Uh, looks like Shooter Shoot, who mm-hmm. who came out of a, a really, really fast race at Oakland. Uh, he went toe-to-toe with Blackberry Wine for an entire mile of going two turns and, and never gave an inch. So that, that, if – if he tries those tactics again and authentic hooks him early, you know, it could set up for a, for a late run from a horse like, uh, honor AP or, or maybe even Rushy who, who was a nice maiden winner at, uh, at Oakland as well. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the San Anita Derby that's coming up on Saturday. Now let's switch back to Kentucky racing. And we just want to have a real quick discussion on the, uh, on the jockey colony at Churchill. Now, uh, right now, well, through through Sunday, Tyler Gaffleyone was the leading rider with ten wins. He'd earned over over half a million dollars, and he did pick up the win today on Guarana in that allowance race. So he he padded his lead a little bit. Uh, Alan, is there a certain jockey or, or a, a couple of jockeys that you might upgrade a horse uh, in these parts if if you see a if you see a rider signed on? You know what? Ordinarily, I would stick with my Kentucky guys because I like my Kentucky riders. Uh, but I'm going to go national since we have a different jockey calling this meet. Uh, Got to give a little special props to John Velasquez is riding just not as many mounts as some of the other guys, but he is just giving perfect rides, uh, particularly on the turf, it seems like. Um, so I hate to use him because, I mean, he, we all know what John Velasquez has done in his career, but if I'm going locally, Obviously, Corey Landry and Brian Hernandez uh, are always uptick jocks for me and around these parts. They know the track. Corey Landry rides the rail so well. Um, but Brian Hernandez never seems to get the love. Even though he's got a Breeders' Cup Classic to his name, he never seems to get the love that he does uh, nationally that he deserves. But I'm always a big fan of his. Brandon, who's your jock crush? Well, <laughs> you know. It's underrated for sure, but I think Colby Hernandez is, is such a a long shot player, and I'm always looking for the underdog, and he rides his heart out, kind of like Ricardo Santana always does. I think Ricardo rides like super hard. I don't think he ever gives in, even if it's the last race of That's Derby true. Day. I mean, it, it's on the slop or wherever it may be. I think he gives 110%. But you know, Colby is you know Brian's younger brother and. Uh, he sure hasn't gotten the mounts at CD, but, you know, with with 11, he's in the money, you know, six out of the 11 times or four out of the 11 times. And so I I just like watching him and he's and he's beaten me twice. So I'm not forgotten that. At Churchill, the turns are, are tighter than you might think. So I, I really think ground loss is a big deal at Churchill Downs. I, I think for me, I like I like jockeys that are cognizant of saving ground and those are the guys like Corey Lannery and you, like like you said BJ Hernandez and I would toss in Miguel Mena into that group Amen. Miguel, yeah Mena knows his way around the racetrack now he doesn't get the top mounts like he should in my opinion but Mena Mena to me is is a top seven or eight rider when when the big guys are gone you know the Rosarios and the and the Ortiz and the Velasquez but Mena Mena is a seven to eight rider on this on this circuit so yeah i certain certain horses i i like to i like to upgrade when mana's aboard so and i know alan you you love mana because uh he booted home a wesley holly horse for you not too long ago yeah well i i'm glad you brought up mana he was gonna i wanted to get back to him because i love mickey mana and everybody goes uh goes on about lannery and the way he saves around the rail but nobody is more fearless on the rail than mana and uh, he he will hug the rail the entire way through, um, which a lot of guys won't. And it, he gets the most out of us. And, of course, I love the combination of Wesley Hawley and Miguel May. It's made me a lot of money over the years. And, uh, it, and there's a reason Hawley uses them because he saves the ground. They take the shortest way home. He doesn't do it every time. But uh, when he does, you, you need to watch out for Miggy slipping up the rail. And I'd add that Colby Hernandez – Got the stakes win this meet on the turf for my trainer crush, Michelle Lavelle. 
<laughs> very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, two weeks from now, uh, will be actually now the, the first leg of the Triple Crown is the uh, the Belmont Stakes. And it's going to be running a mile and eighth for the first time. And we just want to take this opportunity. We're going to, we'd like to invite you to the Auxiliary Gates first ever Belmont Stakes Seminar. And we're going to try to break down the race and go through every horse and, and, and see if we can pick out a winner or, or maybe some exotic plays for you or something like that. But, but stay tuned. You know, keep, keep an eye on our Twitter feed, stuff like that. Uh, when, when, the, when the posts are drawn for the Belmont Stakes, we're going to have our seminar out probably within 48 hours of that. So we'd invite you to listen, uh, and take notes, do whatever you need to do. But uh, we intend to help you pick a winner on that day. So yeah. without further ado. Well, hey, hey, you got yes, to start spreading the news about that, right? About that Belmont thing. See what I did there? Oh, uh, you interrupted <laughs> You interrupted me for that. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, let's get into Saturday's card. It's an 11 race card and it's... Uh, yeah, I I found it to be very difficult. I like the la the later races better than I do the earlier races, but it looks like to me you guys really want to dive into this. So uh, let's uh, let's go to Brandon first. Uh, you want to take I'm, a look at uh, race two and 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 impart your opinion upon us? Yeah, call me crazy. A five furlong sprint on the dirt for maiden claiming seventy five. A bunch of first time starters. You know, it, it's a difficult. I don't know why I was drawn to this race so much, but you know, some of these horses don't even have more than three works in them and you're just kind of going blind, but I like, I like taking a stab. I want a price. Uh, I would not play a pick four here personally, but I would play a, a nice value bet of a pick three fifty cents. So I, my eyes kind of fell on a couple horses, uh, mania, the two with Sophie Doyle on board this trainer debut and maiden claim is, is 40%, you know, out of, it, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, not, not a big of, sample. Yeah. Big sample, but you know, it's worth something. Take a look at, I don't know the sire for, from Adam, but there's not a lot of just great breeding in here either. Uh, but then also I drew, you know, kind of to, uh, Alan's crush, Miguel Mena, uh, <laughs> with, with, with Jason Barkley training, you know, Jason's done a pretty good job and, uh, I like how he positions his horses. He's an up-and-comer trainer, I think, and uh, he's done well at different places and different tracks. So, uh, and he's a super nice guy to meet. And um, I just would like to give those guys a chance. And you know, that's kind of where I'd go on a five-furlong maiden claiming sprint. Anybody else have any ideas on that race? Absolutely not. But going back to Runaway and Hyde, the sire of the two, the two Philly Mania. She uh, Runaway and Hyde was a precocious sort. He, I, I think he was unbeaten in three starts. I think he he was injured, and he was sent to the sent to the stud stud life after that. But he I, yeah he won the Saratoga Special. It was a Grade Two at Saratoga, and he and he won a he won a stakes at uh, at uh, Churchill early on, probably in his two year old career. But yeah, he that that horse he was always precocious, and a lot he's not a real popular sire as far as uh commercially but uh he, i'm with you there that i have no problems with, with with you going with this philly uh you know probably and she also draws well i mean it's down the two hole i i think these shorter races for two-year-olds i think you want to be closer to the rail than to the inside rail than you do on the outside rail that's for sure right Bel right uh, believe it or not uh, mania would be my top pick as well to be honest it's not a strong pick but I love the work pattern, three furlongs, three furlongs, three furlongs, four furlongs, boom, three furlong bullet back to four furlongs. Pavel Mateshka is a, he's a bit of a long shot trainer. He hasn't started a lot of the horses this year. He usually does. So I'm with you there. Is it, is it a bit of an off the wall pick? Yeah, but that's who I'd be playing too. So at about 15, 20 to one, let's hope we're right, Brandon. Yeah, me too. Let's start <laughs> out the day. Cause I tell you, if you don't get swinging early, it's a long day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll turn the page to race three. This is a mile and three-eighths allowance, optional claimer allowance on the turf. And I always love these races. You know, the, the fields tend to come up a little bit small nowadays, but uh, I've always liked the, the turf marathons. Uh, this marks the return of Gentle Ruler. Actually, actually making her second start of the year. Uh, she got really good last year, won six out of seven, uh, almost $600,000. 
and and now she's uh, she's the greatest stakes winner. Uh, Brandon, are you are you going to uh, eat the chalk or are you going a different way here? Uh, definitely the chalk here. General Ruler is primed and ready. Uh, I don't like the the two months of a race break, but man, she did, just did a fabulous job last time out. I don't see anybody really that close to her, except a couple. You know, <laughs> like like I said last week, Brendan Walsh, the guy's been firing. So I look for romantic pursuit to be somewhere in the in the contention. You know, but you're right; these marathons, just like we saw at Belmont today, you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, and then another one I really uh, caught my eye is out of a Giants Causeway, and it's vexatious. You know, for Jack's sister on, I think this horse has got a lot of possibility. I think the last race on the dirt was a tune-up, and they were pointing to this race, you know, uh, here at Churchill. So I'd like to give it a shot, but there's a ton to look at here, a lot of sample size. And like, you know, know, CC said earlier, just a lot of great horses. Again, another tough card at Churchill. Alan, you got got anything to add? Uh, simply put, I love General Roller. General is one of my horse crutches, and uh, I I would completely single this horse if I were playing early. It's uh, a horse that uh, the mile and a half miles are. Landerels knows the horse real well. Wilkes knows the horse. Landerels on this horse knows when to move every time, and he knows when, when he pushes the button, the horse takes off. He's not pace handicapped. These sometimes these mile and three eighths, mile and a half, these three turn races can be a little uh, difficult because of a, a lack of pace. He, the horse can lay close if, if she needs to. So it, when he says the word go, General Ruler always goes. Ran into a very tough lone speed horse by Bill Mott and Mean Mary last time. That's why she got defeated. But I expect her to win this, this uh, something that's a prep for obviously something down the road. So we go from stakes mares to – $10,000 maiden claimers in the next race. Uh, race four, six furlongs on the dirt. It's a maiden 10. Uh, on the morning line, the rail horse Island Song is eight to five for Eddie Keneally. Uh, I think there's a chance to go against the favorite, but, but Alan, I'm interested to know who, what you think here. I wanted to discuss this race because I'm with the Island Song is a horse that burns money time and time again. I don't think she has a lot of heart. Uh, she could win the race. You can have it. Brother Aaron is going to take money for some reason for, for Dale Romans. The horse shows speed. Again, may win. I don't like the two morning line favorites is what I'm getting at. My top pick would be 20 to 1 for uh, the six horse skating on thin ice for Robert Pinson's. Uh, an icebox gelding. Uh, the horse at Turfway, two back in his first. Pinson's usually does good off the claim. He's been around a long time, only gets a couple of horses. They claimed him, take him to Turfway for 30. He doesn't run well that day because he had a bit of a, a trouble at the gate, but that 30,000 claimer at Turfway was tough for the level. There's uh, Mike Makers in there. There's a couple of Wesley Wards in that race. That was a five-horse That was a five horse race for any of the five could win. So uh, it's a bit of a toss race. They drop him back down to 15. He chases the pace. I believe Frontana, the winner, who drew up a 12, is a Wesley Ward as well. So he chased the pace, got tired, came back to kind of regain the show spot in a runaway effort, uh, get some time off, regroups, hits the dirt for Pinson's. Pinson's is an underrated trainer. He's been around in Kentucky for 20, 30 years. It would not stun me if this horse is able to do well at this level. Um, is it a, is off the wall pick? Yeah, it is, but uh, I don't like the favorites. When you don't like the favorites, go for something like that. I would also add in Whiskey Chaser for Billy Denzik, who ran a really good one um, against, it wasn't the best field ever, but she chased home another, I believe, a Wesley Ward horse named Hydrogen. Um, Comes back going the long one-turn race against the runaway Nick Zito winner, Ravenia last time. I think Whiskey Chaser and Skating on Thin Ice would be on any of my multi-race tickets. Well, I absolutely love it. You got a 15 to one and a 20 to one bomber. So you can't accuse this podcast of being chalky at all. So we're going to go to race five. Now, this is a maiden 20, uh, maiden $20,000. These courses can be claimed for $20,000. None of them have ever won a race. That's going six furlongs on the dirt. Brandon, what do you see here? 
Well, a big standout, definitely in the ownership area of things, is on the number four, Flatten, uh, Starlight Racing and Medak Stables. Uh, you know, it's Saul Kuman. They bought this horse, uh, you know, as a, as a flatter sire. Even they called it Flatten. They didn't get real crazy with the name. Uh, the continue, Keeneland September sale in, in 2018 for 450000 still hasn't raced. Uh, this is his first time out, and they're dropping it for a tag of 20. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that. I just thought that was so unique to see uh, this, you know, this early on in the career of this horse. I'm not playing it, uh, but I just thought I'd bring it to everybody's attention. But kind of like what I reiterated earlier, I kind of like Magic Man's touch. And really one of the reasons is, is because you got Colby Hernandez. I, I don't know. I was kind of drawn to this horse a little bit. You know, like I said, an underdog. This is kind of where an underdog wants to overachieve and make sure he gets there. This ha this horse has had a good first time out, even though it was last year. Uh, I think I would give it a shot, even though, you know, Al Stahl, I'm not a huge fan of Al Stahl, but he's always there to surprise you. Um so I, that, that's kind of where I'm looking, and then a few on the outside with the six and seven. I, one of my handicapping tenets when I write my book, and this is going to be about chapter nine, <laughs> is a horse like number four, Flatten. I do not play them at all. This is a $450,000 purchase, and now they've got a for sale sign on him for 20000 and look at these connections, SF Racing, Starlight Racing, the Mataket, the, these guys, they're not in the habit of getting, giving away good horses. So, you know, this, this horse has some type of issue or he's slow or something's wrong with him. This is a horse you, you just don't want to play at all. And I've seen this over and over and over through the years. You just, you, and, and more, more times than not, the horse will get claimed. And mm -hmm. somebody will get somebody will get duped, and 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 they're stuck with a a really slow horse that has this uh, this you know this unbelievable uh, resume. But uh, Alan, uh, who do you like in the uh, in the fifth race here? Uh, this is not the, obviously it's a twenty claim Richard. It's not the greatest race there is, but to me the winner comes from the outside for West Point. Bought Ed Blizzard. Uh, it's Dallas Stewart who does not do well dropping into the maiden claim ranks the first time. But give him a couple cracks at it, um, you know. And that was the opening day race, I believe he ran in the first race on the card against uh, Archability for John Sadler, if I'm not mistaken. And the horses had a problem finishing. He loses a touch of ground in a stretch. Uh, I think maybe the level he got to last time kind of helped out. That was a fast pace that day, and he was still able to still able to pass a couple horses late. I think he's found his level. I don't. I think the drop is going to help. It's not a huge pick. He's seven to two in the morning line. I expect him to be eight, nine to five. Uh, the drop to twenty seems like it hits him right between the eyes and the post. So they put the blinkers on him too. Um, I, I think this horse has found his level. It's bought at Blizzard for me. Okay, let's go to race six real quick. This is a mile and sixteenth on the dirt. Uh, Sixteen thousand dollar claimer, and this bad boy is wide open. I'm seeing several horses at five to one, four to one. Uh, Alan, real quick, who do you like here? Um, you know, I, I'm not crazy about the race overall. Like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if a few different ones run it, but I'll be on Altito. Altito loves the racetrack. Uh, David Vance and Julian Leperu. David Vance's best runners come when, David, when Julian Leperu is on him. That's, that's his go-to guy. The horse did not appear to run that well last time, but she was flying late. I mean, he was flying late, and Vance and Leperu teamed up last week to win a horse on the run back very impressively. Uh, it's a bit of a drop. I think the horse is well spotted, even though the field is tough for the level, but we're going to take Altito at about 9-2, to 5-1. to one. All right, now we're going to get into the late pick five. Uh, pick five's kicked off by race seven. This is a maiden special weight, seven furlongs on the dirt, and... Uh, to me, this race is cut and dried. I'd be interested to see what you guys think about the race. Brandon, uh, where, where are you going in here? I mean, I had to take a deep breath on this one, and I, I really want to listen to your all's input, too, because I, I've i got red circles, green circles, yellow circles, pur <laughs> purple circles on all kinds of different horses here. But, you know, 
I kind of want to go back to It's Mine, you know, with Ricardo Santana trained by Steve Asmussen. I love the sire. Great purchase, you know, March at Keeneland. Uh, you know, last time out was a sloppy track at Oaklawn, here again at Oaklawn. And uh, I just think this horse has been ready. I, I think the off track was disappointing. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm resting as one of my, my number ones. And then I'm coming back a little bit on the inside, but I, I really don't have a big opinion here. Uh, luckily, there's only nine of these horses because if there's any more, I'd be totally lost. But I can, <laughs> I can cover five more. Alan, what do you think? Oh, me? Um, I come back to two horses. I'm a, I like your horse on the outside running second and Merneath for Baffert last time. The horse just blew him off the track. But I'm going to probably narrow it to two here. Uh, skinny dip for Colebrook, who ran second. Uh, it may have been opening day. Uh, horse fell further back than she um, she wanted to, but was flying down the center of the track to uh, give a same, same moi, am I right, for Bill Mott, the really, really heavy favorite that day. Of course, uh, of course oh, the yeah. fast pace may have aided it, but I think skinny dip can lay closer to the pace which kind of eases some concerns. So I like skinny dip a lot. And, and America's surprise for Hollendorfer in here. Uh, eight to one on the morning line. I don't, I don't know if she's going to be eight to one because this horse is not only by American Pharaoh, she's a half sister to the great songbird. And um, so the breeding is, um, you don't get that kind of breeding with a one-star horse for Hollendorfer can go off at eight to one. Uh, come The debut last year was fairly solid at Del Mar. Comes back with a series of works out of Los Al, gets one work at Churchill. Interested to see how this one runs. I, I could narrow it down between the five and the six with a with a nod on the outside to it's my, Brandon's It's Mine and the Anamia Horse Majestic Blend to the inside. But I think I'll settle on five, six. What about you, I want, CC? I want to argue a little bit on the number five, America's Surprise. <laughs> uh, song. I went back and... I, I, I'm getting old now. I can't remember when all these races are run, but Songbird, I think, won the 2016, or she was second, excuse me. She was second by a nose to Beholder in that 2016 yeah. Cup distaff at Santa Anita. So this filly, America Surprise, went through the sales ring in September of 2018. This is a daughter of American Pharaoh and is a half-sister to Songbird, and she only brought $325,000. True, true. Is that... Is there something wrong here? Is is it maybe she's not physically what she needs to be? That that pedigree alone should bring eight hundred to nine hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars. So my concern is maybe maybe she's not what she needs to be. Uh, with that said, I'm I'm with you guys on uh, number six, Skinny Dip, and number nine, It's Mine. Uh, starting with It's Mine, she's a daughter of Tempest Fugit. Yes, Tempest Fugit, who was a D. Wayne Lucas filly. I think she was a stakes filly going two turns back in the day. Medallia mm-hmm. uh, Doro. But she debuted, uh, finished second. It was a well-beaten second behind Merneath for, for Bob Baffert. Baffert had chipped that one in and picked up a maiden race. Merneath is going to run in the San Anita Oaks on Saturday. And she's probably going to be one of the favorites for that race. But I will say... Now it was it was just her first start, but it's mine had a perfect trip that day. She she lagged toward the back of the pack. Santana kept her close to the rail. Uh, the seas parted for her, and she 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 burst through and 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 did get second late. So you know I mean it was a good effort first time out, but she did she did she did trip out. So yeah. With that said, you know let's go let's go to two fillies that didn't trip out last time, and and look, like you mentioned, Skinny Dip was one of them. She she blew the break. And now she's got a history of blowing the break. So we can't necessarily rely on her yet. That effort was really good. She was really striding out late in that, that race versus Samoa last time. Like you said, though, that, that, that may be a result of the, the really quick pace. So that's another one. We really can't trust her, but I got to use her. And then the third filly I really like is uh, Majestic Blend for Anna Mea. She, she went off 67-1 to 1 last time in that race. Mm-hmm. she broke well she was a little keen sophie doyle was riding her and and you know she really had a hard hold wrangled her back a little bit and then when it was time to run she kind of got in behind phillies a little bit and and it wasn't the best of trips she did save ground along the rail but you know she got through late and she finished third i think that type of philly could move forward 
in start number two of her, of her three-year-old campaign. So I'm going to use her. So for me, it's going to be uh, 369 Goose Drank Wine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add a little about, about Majestic Blend. You're right on it. This is a seven-furlong race. She got passed by Skinny Dip, which ordinarily I wouldn't like, but I think she had a hard time getting going. She her, she really kicked in the last 16th, maybe the final furlong. She was really moving late. I think seven furlongs moves this horse up a little bit, so I'm with you there. And maybe if you wanted to tie the race up, you could use the one tipsy gal for Dallas, which we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, my concern with her is she's she's a beaten favorite in two of her yeah. three starts, and the other one she went off nine to five and finished a well beaten second. So, you know, I'm not I'm not nuts about her. And then, like you said, the America surprise. If you wanted to tie the race up, I think you use those five. But for me, I'm I'm going to press with the three, six, and nine. So we're going to turn the page now to race eight, and this is the first of the two stakes races on the card. This is the $100,000 Aristides Stakes going six furlongs. This this race has been around a while. It's named after the, the first Kentucky Derby winner. But looking at the uh, the morning line, Bobby's Wicked one is nine to five. Uh, this is a past uh, stakes, stakes horse and ran some huge figures. And to his inside, number two, Honest Mischief, five to two for Chad Brown who's been on a tear on the, uh, on the Churchill Downs turf, which is opposite of what he normally does on the, on the grass. And then on the far outside, number six, Volatile, he's the new kid on the block. He's a four-year-old. He's only run four times, but he's won three of them for, uh, for Mr. Asmussen and Phoenix Thoroughbreds. So uh, let's go to Brandon. What do you think? Uh, who, who's your pick in the Aristides? You know, it took some time on this one. You, you've got a, a, just a great class here. Um, it's very hard. I mean, Bobby's wicked one obviously just did not come to race against Whitmore and Oaklawn, but I tell you, everybody that day knew Wilmore was going to win. Just a fan favorite, gives a ton, per, you know, 100% every time Whitmore goes out at Oaklawn. Uh, you know, that that race to me just seemed really funny, but Bobby's wicked one just got pulled up, just stopped running and just didn't get it get engaged at all. But I tell you, there's a horse that I always love is Manny Wall. It's just sneaky, quick. Corey, you know, guides him the right way. I look at Corey to really take this all the way home. If he gets the rail, I know the rail post position has not been favorable this meeting, but just something about Manny Wall. If he breaks right, we got a chance. I'm trying to upset the apple cart here with Manny Wall, you know, kind of like a Whitmore. To me, a Manny Wall is like a Whitmore. But uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm landing on. And then uh, coming back to obviously Bobby's wicked one with volatile underneath. Okay, guys, uh, real quick, we'll go to race nine. I just got a, a quick comment there that, that this marks the return of my, uh, my arch enemy, high crime. <laughs> he just ran uh, two weeks ago on the dirty, made his four year old debut and really made me look like a fool. He gave up late. He comes back, though. What I like is that uh, Miller, trainer Miller, brings him back real quick. That's that's a good sign in my book. You know, it, it, nothing, nothing's wrong with the horse. I, I trust the trainer. He catches what I think is a really, really weak field. Yes, and, it is. Yeah, and, you know, you, you got Alfie Solomons on the outside. That's the uh, that's the, the full brother to the John Sur- the Jason Service horse. His name escapes me uh World of trouble, world of trouble. Uh, but that horse is slow on 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 figs. Uh, it, it, I think this is one of those deals where high crime could could get to the lead, maybe set the right spot, and maybe maybe turf is where he actually wants to be. After all, you know, I I thought maybe the dirt was was his uh, was his future, but uh, I am going to use him. He's not going to be my play of the day, but I think uh, I will have a ticket or two singling high crime here would you agree anybody <laughs> oh uh that horse owes you for one thing i will say that uh <laughs> there's no question there but you're right though i think this field's weak and i think high, high crime is an example of a, a horse that i pick to win by default sometimes because i think i find too many holes with the rest of the horse i think there's a lot of speed in the race and that means either a high crimes of speed of the speed and kills everybody off i don't think that's the case i think he's he can stalk and I think of the stalkers, he can lay the closest to the speed and go past them. I don't know if there's a lot of horses who are really good at either A, from coming off the pace or truly stalking. His versatility 
and his uh, ability to run the turf in the past. It's high crime for me with an X-factor nod to my man Flintstone for Ken McPeak. This horse does take to the turf. He's flashed talent. The race to uh, Bangalore Turfway was great. Uh, so I'm, that's my X-factor pick. I would maybe, I would probably lean to high crime as well, too, I think, in, on the win slot. And I hope he wins for you and regains you some of that money that you've thrown at his bridle in the past. Yeah, and some, and some pride. So. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna go now to the to the final stake race of the uh, of the day at Churchill. It's uh, the hundred thousand dollar Dogwood Stakes, a, a, a fixture on the on the on the Churchill circuit for many many years. Uh, this is a Grade Three seven furlongs for three year old fillies, and I think uh, I have a feeling we're all gonna be on different different fillies here. Uh, Alan, why don't you go first? Who do you like? I have an idea. I know who you like. Um... That said, there's a couple ways I'm going to go. I'm leaning to two horses. Obviously, four graces. Last time was, I thought, sensational. She beat the Mott horse, Miss T2, who had who ran a winning race. Uh, four graces tracked, tracked, and Julian was patient. And even though uh, Miss T2 set, was easily the second-best horse in the race and looked comfortable on the lead when Julian said go, she went by seven furlongs is her distance. Julian fits her like a glove. I see no reason why she can't compete because the field she beat last time was just about as good as this field, to be honest with you. Uh, again, she's Ivory Empress. She's a have to help me out here, uh, CC. Uh, she's a have to so many good Wilkes homebreds uh, with the yeah. homebreds. Uh, Name escaping me at the moment. Keep talking. But, I'll, I'll get us there. I would also throw in Ain't No, Ain't no Elmers is very, very intriguing. With some blinding speed at the fairgrounds, um, tried Gamine, the Baffert horse, at Oaklawn in what was essentially a stakes race behind Gamine, who could win the Kentucky Oaks, Speech, who could win the Kentucky Oaks. The outside post got her that day, and the talent of the top two. But ain't no, ain't no Elmers, ain't no joke. She could really fly, so... Those are the two I'm looking at, four graces and ain't no Elmers, and I'm sure CeCe will probably tell you. Lady Glamour, back in the Demeretti barns, getting <laughs> Raphael Bejarano coming off a nice rebound effort for Demeretti. Jock upgrade. Lady, Glam Lady Glamour's not going to win this race, but Lady Glamour is a good superfecta horse to throw in their third or fourth. So, Going back to four graces, that this is a half to McCracken. Yes. Yeah, and McCracken and with dignity, who ran second, I believe second in the Indiana Oaks last last summer. We really thought she was going to be a really good filly. Yes. And hadn't returned yet. And then uh, Bondurant, who's a who's a nice horse on the turf for Ian. Wil All of those runners trained by Ian Wilkes. Uh, Brandon, what uh, what say you? Yeah, you know I'm kind of speechless on this group. I do like Ain't No Elmers just because of the turn back. Uh, you know, mile of 16th, not the right distance. Again, at Oaklawn, I think that horse has definitely got a shot. Uh, great works in the morning. Uh, I kind of, you know, I thought a little bit about the outside horse, Edgeway, out of competitive edge. You know, a nice purchase, you know, a couple of years back. Uh, John Sadler, I don't know how he's done at Churchill. How many, I don't know how many entrants he's had at Churchill if you all got the sheet up, but one, one uh, for 10 so far, one, one win, yeah. four seconds, two thirds. So he's yeah, been on the board I, six out of 10. Yeah. But, but on the wins, Colin, pretty quiet, but when he draws taller bays, they've had a good connection so far. I think that's his best jock for the meet. And, uh, I'd like to see that horse step up and see, see it run. All right. Well, I'm actually surprised. We're kind of we're we're kind of in the same boat now. This is a really tough race. Now, this is my play of the day for 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 what I'm going to do on here. Saturday. It comes, folks. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like number four. Ain't no Elmers. Uh, she ran a huge thoroughbred fig on March 18th. That that uh, optional claimer. She won by nine lengths that day. She's just obliterated her opponents. That is, she ran a huge figure for a three-year-old filly and came back on Arkansas Derby Day and, and you know, she, she she didn't fire versus uh, Gammon and Speech. So, I mean, she obviously bounced. I, I think you get 
you could say maybe the big effort took a little toll on her. Uh, she she may not want to go two turns. Now she's had a month since that effort. She's had uh, roughly two and a half months since the big effort in March. And she's looks like she's working fine. And I, what I love the most is that uh, Calhoun, off of that terrible allowance performance, he, he, he fires her right into a stakes race. So I think there's a lot of confidence there. Calhoun won the last race today, as a matter of fact, at 10 to 1. I love this filly. I think she's got a bright future. And she's my play of the day. She's going to be an A on all my tickets. One filly we didn't mention was number three, Byroness, who go back in your past performances to November 30th. That was that was a very impressive race. I was there that, that night. Mm-hmm. And I had Swiss Skydiver, of course. Oh, I, yeah. I singled Swiss Skydiver in the pick four that night. And I thought she was long gone. I did Byron, too. She extended and just ran her down on the money. That was that was very impressive. I think this filly's got a bright future. I don't know what happened in at Gulfstream uh, in the Devona Dale. Maybe it was just too much to 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 haul in on her on her first start. But uh, you know, and Sherry Devoe didn't have a really good beginning to the year, but now she's three out of seven at Churchill. So you know. I, if if I had an alternative to Ain't No Elmers, it would definitely be Byroness. So I'm very interested to see what she does on Saturday. As for the others, you know, uh, Four Graces would be a B for me. Looking at Edgeway's last start, she suffered a wide trip around the turn. Uh, she went off four to five that day and actually had her singled in the pick four. But that day, but uh, she she won. She She switched over to the wrong lead late. And she still, well, she held off Charming Lady, who came back and disappointed last time at, at low odds in the lounge race here at Churchill. I think Edgeway, I don't know what to do with her. I don't, I, I, I'm not happy that she switched leads like that. Maybe, maybe she, maybe there's something, something there. Maybe she's just not ready for this type of competition yet. So, you know, for me, she's a C. Yes. Ain't no Elmers, ain't no Elmers would be an A, and then Four Graces and Byroness would be strong Bs. And Edgeway is a is a C, but uh, this this is a great running of this race. Uh, uh, that leads us to the finale, and I honestly I have no opinion. I don't think you me either. Me neither. <laughs> if, if you blank. if you get down to the eleventh race, I think you want to use a bunch of them in here because I think anything could happen. Right, Brandon? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I did want to reiterate. Just on the race 10 for the Dogwood, Baroness, you know, beat that Swiss Skydiver horse. And she's actually entered in race five on the, you know, Santa Anita Oaks Day. I mean, she's really excelled uh, for Kim McPete's barn. So that's why I'm going to go back to Baroness. I'm glad you all pointed that out because I started looking at Santa Anita for Saturday and I was like, huh, Mike Smith again. So anyway, food for <laughs> thought. All right, so we're winding up here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try something new this week. We're gonna call this the lightning round. And what I'm gonna do, I've got some, uh, I've got a, a a dice here, and so here I'll tell you what. Let me get a quarter instead. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quarter out of my pocket. And I'm gonna flip yeah. it. Yeah. And Alan, I'm gonna call it. You you need to call it in the air if it's heads or tails, <laughs> and uh, if it's if you win, you get to go first in the lightning round. So here we go. Right. Call it in the air. Tails. Okay, it's tails, so you get to go first. Now, I'm going to ask you several questions. I'm going to ask both of you several questions. We're just going to alternate. I'm going to go from Alan to Brandon and then Alan to Brandon. And then we've got about two minutes. We've got to answer all these questions. And then I'll determine, I'll determine a winner at the end. So, okay. okay, you guys get ready. So, all right, we're going to start, the, start my timer here right now. And, okay, now, and we're off. So, Alan, who's the safest bet on the Churchill card Saturday? Bought at Blizzard. All right, what about you, Brandon? Gentle Ruler. Okay, Alan, who is the best value bet? Ooh, I will go with Altito. All right, Brandon, best value bet? I would try that fairness. Alan, best long shot play? I'm sorry, Brandon, go ahead. I'm sorry, best long shot play? No, no, I'm sorry. Alan, best long shot play? The Robert Pinson's horse that I can't remember the name of that I'm going back to find skating up thin ice. <laughs> Brandon, best long shot play. Well, you know, I don't handicap with the morning line, so I'm going to use uh, Skinny Dip, race seven. 
That's the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let me find my skip. I'll come back to the next pass, one. Pass, 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 pass. Pass. Oh. <laughs> All right, Alan, favorite Santa Anita Derby winner. Oh, Silver Charm, 97. Incredible game that's off a hot pace. Incredible game this. Brandon, favorite Santa Anita Derby winner. 2009, Pioneer of the Nile. That's when I started rocking horse racing. And Pioneer gives us so many great uh, Phillies and uh, Colts. Sire of American Pharaoh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Alan, best American rock band of all time. Oh, um, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Brandon. Pearl Jam. Oh, good, yeah. And fi- <laughs> finally, in honor of Yellowstone. Alan, best Kevin Costner movie. Ooh, uh, a lot of good ones to choose. Open range. Open range. Brandon. Oh, that is good. I forgot about that one. Top of my head, Dancing with Wolves, and my mother got her picture with Kevin Costner at a charity golf event. I'll put it on Twitter for proof. I'm jealous. I was, I was there. Was that at Covered Bridge? Yeah, that's right. I was there that day. Oh, my God. Yeah. That okay. was like. Wow. All right, well that's 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 all. That's the time. The time is up. So we've uh, completed another successful edition of the Auxiliary Gate. We're glad you joined us, and uh, good luck Saturday. We hope everybody catches a winner. Everybody has a good time, and until then, we will catch you on the flip flop snitches. <laughs>